Hi, this is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. And I have the true honor and privilege of being with the man of America, the judge, the lawyer, the really, really heartfelt, passionate man who loves this country, the Constitution, what it used to represent, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, and a man that knows more about it than just about anybody else in the country that speaks about it with the authority that he has and knowledge that really helps us remember what this country was about, where it's going, and what we should do to change it. So here he is, Judge Andrew Napolitano on the day before Thanksgiving. Hello there, Judge. Gerald, how are you, my dear friend? There's your favorite espresso. I had mine three hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't grind it by hand. No. Uh, So, Judge, you have a new piece out, Thanksgiving 2021. And it begins with, government requires make-believe, make-believe that the king is divine, make-believe that he can do no wrong, make-believe that the voice of the people is the voice of God. Make believe that the king is divine. You know, some people say to me, you know, Gerald, you have to watch your language, you know, that you're using profanity. It's not profanity when somebody's screwing with your life and you tell them to F you, I had enough of your crap. Profanity is calling a king divine. Yes. Calling a person a dignitary. Yes. That, to me, is profanity. So tell us more. Well, the quote from which you read is a famous quote from Edmund Morgan, a historian at Yale, of all places, who recognized that the government is a facade to, to which the American public, because of the public school system, has acclimated itself and given it the benefit of every doubt and accepted its encroachments on our lives, our our liberty, uh, and our property. And he begins by talking about the way the American public, when when we were colonists, referred to the king. You know, when we fought the revolution, only about 33 to 35% of those in the colonies supported the revolution. About 33% wanted to stay with the king because they believed he was in the divine right of kings, that God had chosen an idiot, George III, to reign over them. And inexplicably, about one-third had no opinion. Imagine living in America in 1776. We're fighting a revolution. We're throwing off the shackles of the most powerful empire in the world, and people have no opinion about it. Obviously, their opinions changed by 1783 when we began a a great period of freedom between 1783 and 1789 until the Constitution came into being, and we started all over again uh, with the big central government. But the the quote to which you refer, which you've been kind enough uh, to read, goes on to articulate that much about government is a myth. Make believe that the people have a voice. Make believe that the voice of the people is the voice of the of God. Make believe that the governors of the people represent the people. So here's a liberal Democrat who spent his entire lifetime, he lived to be about 95, 96 years old, 
studying American history, concluding at the end of his life that government is a facade, that it's make-believe. And that is something that the American public needs to recognize. The rest of the piece, which is a series of what-if questions, the answers to all of which are yes, 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 tries to open up the eyes to the American public. And why do I write this now? Because people are relaxing on Thanksgiving weekend, because people are giving thanks. Oh, the government gave us four days off. Baloney! Be thankful for your own personal freedom. Don't be thankful for the government. Be fearful of the government. You know, <clears throat> you, you write so many things in here. You, you mentioned, just to back up a bit, you mentioned about the, the, uh, the king at the time, King George, and you called him an idiot. I guess the George idiots continue. How about George W. Bush? Could you get a bigger idiot than that little clown boy? Well, he, he, um, he has been indicted for war crimes uh, by the International Criminal Court uh, in the EU. And in my opinion, he and Vice President Cheney should both be indicted for war crimes here in the United States. Yeah. They, they again, led us into a, a false war. They let us in by lies. They knowingly uh, slaughtered innocents. They knowingly slaughtered civilians. All those are the definition uh, of war crimes. And again, look at the idiot, that little daddy's boy born on third base and thought he had a home run was and is. Look at that jerk. Listen to him talk. Watch his actions. The idiot's are still in charge. Yes. El Presidente, the divine. Look, I'm going to get that guy Osama bin Laden dead or alive. Right? Yeah. Didn't he say that? He did. He did. Cheney intimidated uh, the late Colin Powell into lying to the UN. I wish Colin Powell had told him to go uh, take a hike. Yeah. Uh, they both knew that there were no weapons yeah. of mass destruction uh, possessed by Saddam Hussein. And even if he had possessed them, that was not a it's lawful not, moral no. basis to invade Iraq. No, no. They're not allowed to have weapons of mass destruction. But we are. We are. Israel is. They're fine. Iran's not allowed to have them. China could have them. UK could have them. France could have them. But you can't have them because I'll tell you what to do. I am the divine. What's the, the only... What's the only country in history that has detonated nuclear weapons? The United States of America. Harry Truman dropped yeah. a nuclear bomb on a Catholic cathedral in the middle of mass on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And he was lauded for it. He was, re he was elected, wasn't reelected because he hadn't been elected in the first place. He was elected uh, president uh, over it. That's an act of mass murder. It's a war crime. Yeah. Again, look at the idiots. The idiots haven't changed. It's one idiot after another leading us and it's global it's not only here you got that little Katzon macron over there in france that little arrogant danny andrews over there in 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 uh in australia that they're putting all these actions in in victoria where he's premier that's a that's another profanity premier yes. take it easy junior yes yes australia really uh, amazes me because uh you know, it's part of the West. It's supposedly a free country. It has the most draconian 
COVID, uh, allegedly COVID-generated lockdowns on the planet. Yep. You know, you're not talking about Eastern Europe or even the Soviet Union or China. You're talking about a place where the government is popularly elected has turned on the people in that country with, a, with venom. And again, look at the people that are leading. They're little weaklings. They're little idiots. They're King Georges, just with a different name. Premiers, presidents, yeah. prime ministers, chancellors. How about go screw yourself? How about you're better than I am? Look, every time these clowns show up, woof, they roll out a red carpet and you got all these guys and women dressed up in military drag saluting them. Everywhere they go, they roll out a red carpet. Well, listen, I, the best you and I can do and the best the people listening to us can do uh, is to expose this and talk about it and remind people uh, of the facade and the make-believe uh, of government. You know, government is essentially the negation of liberty. Yep. We are born free. Government only exists because we permit it to take our liberty from it. And then we, we give it the benefit of the doubt. Government should never have the benefit of the doubt. Government is the monopoly of force in a geographical area based on what it has stolen from the people who live in that geographical area. And on, at times like Thanksgiving, people show deference to the government. They shouldn't. They should show deference to individual liberty, and they should challenge government, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day of the year. Because Jefferson was right. In the long march of history, government grows and liberty shrinks. I don't know if we're going to be saying the same thing 10 or 20 years from now. I don't know if we'll al be allowed to say the same thing 10 or 20 years from now. But that's the march of government. And Everybody. we haven't even gotten to, we haven't even talked about inflation. We haven't even talked about socialism. We haven't even talked about everything Joe Biden and the Democrats want to do. We're just talking about thus far, the nature of government. Everybody listening should listen to every single word that Judge Napolitano just spoke about our rights, our freedom, who we are and what's happened to us. You have said it perfectly. And you know, earlier you also said about how they teach us in the public school to follow and obey. And again, why did, you know, the, the school system began for the poor, if, I, if my recollection is correct. Back in the early 1900s, I think it began like around Louisiana, those areas, to educate the very poor. You know, here's my deal. I never had children. Why am I paying school taxes like everybody else for this lousy, stinking public school system where we pay in America higher taxes for schools than just about any place else in, in the world, right. and we don't even win place or show in OECD, Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development Countries, in math, science, and anything. We, we are way down at the bottom. So here's what I say. The more children you have, the more you should pay to send them to school. You want to have kids, have all you want. I don't want to pay for them. And don't give me the crap that you're going to try to shove down my throat that when I get old, your kids will be there to take care of me. Screw you, I'm on your own. I'm on my own. 
This public school system is a farce. It's a joke. We got a little boy clown, arrogant little jerk over here in Kingston, New York. That's the superintendent of the public schools making hundreds of thousands of dollars for our crap holes in a city and a state near you. This whole public school system should be disbanded. It should only be there for the poor as I see it. Let me tell you how bad it is uh, in New Jersey. I'm going to go back about 25 years. There's a clause in the New Jersey Constitution that guarantees all parents and all children, quote, a thorough and efficient education. So when the, when the legislature tried to enact an income tax in New Jersey, but failed to do so, the Supreme Court closed the schools, saying if you're not going to enact the income tax, you can't give them a thorough and efficient education. We're not going to let you give them any education. This, of course, drove parents crazy who drove legislators crazy. And a month later, the income tax was enacted with a gun to people's head by the New Jersey Supreme Court and the schools were opened again. I couldn't just, I couldn't agree with you more on public schools. So you have guaranteed income, the taxpayers, guaranteed clients, the students, no competition. That's a recipe for disaster. These people think they can turn a pig's ear into a silk purse and they'll just waste all the money they can. It's other people's money trying to accomplish that. And how long has this been going on in the United States of America? For 120 years. And we still haven't learned the lesson. Yep. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to what you wrote and about what if the government's true goal is to perpetuate its own power? And that's all it is. That's exactly what the government's true goal is. And it doesn't matter if it's a Republican government or a Democratic government or a divided government. They all want the same thing, to stay in power, to tell us how to live. You know, they had this big article, big article about this guy, Leahy, what, the senator, somebody, what was it? Oh, they, uh, uh, Pat Leahy, the senator from Vermont, who was retiring after... 40, 50, 60, 100 years. I'm exaggerating a little bit in the Senate. Yeah. He's the senior member of the Senate. I believe he's in his 90s now. Yeah, 50 years. 50 years this little clown boy has been sucking off the public tit. These little clowns never work a day in their lives, one after another. And well, from, 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 the, from Washington to the local government to the, to the states. Power is an aphrodisiac. Uh, and and the government, it, it doesn't draw Ron Paul's or Thomas Massey's no. or Gerald Salenti's. It draws people who have libido dominandi, the lust to dominate. It draws people who love power and who want to use power to tell other people how to live. That's across the board. Uh, the, the, the small government libertarians who are in the government are very much the exception and very much ostracized and isolated uh, in the government. Yeah. Ask Ron Paul, he'll tell you what it was like. First time I met him, he invited me to meet him. This was 25 years ago or so. And I went to meet him in his office, and I really couldn't find the office because it was so out of the way. And finally I got there and I said, Ron, I love you. This is a glorified broom closet that you're in. He said, Judge, these offices are given out by the leadership of each party. You vote the way the leadership wants, you get a bigger, nicer office. You vote your conscience, which often disagrees with the leadership. They give you a glorified broom closet. I am proud of this office. 
And my eyes welled up at his personal courage and willingness to sacrifice creature comforts that his colleagues had in order to be faithful to first principles. You know, there's no man I admire more or look up to as a politician than, than Ron Paul. I, I, I so deeply admire him. And you and I were so honored to be speakers at his uh, recent War on Us conference in Washington, D.C. and back in September. Now, he's really a, a great man. You also have here, what if the leadership of both parties gives only lip service to Thomas Jefferson's assertions in the Declaration of Independence that all persons, quote, are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Happiness? How dare you have happiness? Happiness is not a word that's allowed to be used anymore. That you, happiness does not exist. I am in charge. I will tell you what to do. Get back in your house. Get back in your house, you're locked down. Close down your business. I'll tell you what to do. Happiness? No, no. Put on that mask. I am in charge. Happiness doesn't count anymore in America. You never hear that word happiness ever right. mentioned. Right. To me, happiness is being free. Uh, to the government, happiness is being, is being dominant, which is why the government has to be resisted at every turn. Freedom, Gerald, is an obstacle to the government. Wow. God, what you're saying, what you're saying, freedom is an obstacle to the government. Everybody out there listening, please, please listen, play this over and over again. Listen to the words of Judge Napolitano. He is making it perfectly clear where this country is, what it was, and where we're going. And the only way I see this changing, by the way, is for us to unite under one umbrella. United we stand, divided we fall. And we have to unite. We, we have to have that, a, new, a new system to change this. You I know, think nature is going to give us a new system, that the federal government will fall like an overripe apple the way the Soviet Union fell. They won't be able to print money anymore because it'll be worthless. They won't be able to borrow money because they won't be able to pay it back. And the government will fall. And the United States will break apart into small mini-republics some of which, like where you and I live, will probably be as draconian as oh. the feds are. Others in other parts of the country will be a lot freer. You know, I, I really, you know, what's going on now, you know, you saw the cover of the, the latest Trends Journal. The um, shot heard around the world. Oh, very, very clever. I saw it last night when you sent it to me, but it's very, very clever. And, and it is. This is a shot heard around the world. The protests, the people take it. Look what they're doing in Austria. Wouldn't Hitler be proud of Austria? Look <laughs> what they're, right? I mean, if you're not vaccinated, you have absolutely no rights at all. You have no rights at all. And, and, the same, and look at the, you know, they lied about the numbers. I've seen the, the people taking to the streets. It was over 50,000 well in, in Oh, Vienna. in Rome. In Rome, it was a quarter of a million. Yeah. All demonstrating against the uh, draconian measures of the Draghi government. Yep. 
And, and again, what I'm saying is that we are in a time now that, that's unprecedented in probably since the beginning of this country where our rights are being stolen from us in the way that they are. Right. And it's global. That's what I'm saying is so different about this. It, it, the Czech Republic, the, the uh, Slovakia, Germany, Fran France now, everybody over 65 years old has to get the booster. And again, we've been writing about this from the beginning. Matter of fact, you look at the cover of the Trends Journal back in January 28th, 2020, a week and a half after the COVID war was launched in, um, by China. The cover of the magazine was coronavirus, 106 dead in China, 1.4 billion still alive. <laughs> I'm laughing because only you can say that and, and, and have it make sense. But, but, but that was a very fearful time. I mean, the exactly. former governor of, of New York just, uh, you know, jiggered all the numbers to justify all of his repression of freedom. He's now gone for other reasons, but it was amazing the fear that was generated because nobody was willing to look behind the numbers. Exactly. So now, again, going globally, what's happening with this is unprecedented. So we've been following this from the beginning. Who's dying, why they're dying, and now they're vaccinating children between 5 and 11. And again, just some quick facts. I looked up the data. There are 41 million 5 to 14-year-olds in America. 41 million. I couldn't find 5 to 11 years old, but 5 to 14, 41 million. CDC numbers. Since the beginning of this year to now, 72 people in that age bracket out of 41 million have died of the virus. That's You're telling probably, me 72 out of 41 million? Get the hell out of here. What, get I mean, out that of here. Is probably, that is probably fewer than died from automobile accidents. Oh, it's, it's not even close. Fewer that died from uh, accidents in the home and fewer that died from the flu. Yeah. It's, it doesn't even add up to anything. Well, but yet they're injecting them. Because government, you know, one of the great books that anybody that really is interested in government should read is written by a, a friend of Gerald's and mine, Bob Higgs, called Crisis and Leviathan. And Bob, a great now retired economic historian, traces how every time, starting in 1796, every time there was a crisis, government expanded in size. And when the crisis went away, it never shrunk. It kept the power that it seized during the crisis over and over and over and over again. So government has used, abused, lied, cheated, deceived uh, over the crisis about COVID to grab more power, which when COVID is just history, the government will still have and will not surrender yep. and will try to use on us again. Uh, uh. In closing, you said, what if on Thanksgiving Day we are most grateful that we are free creatures made in God's image and likeness? What if on Thanksgiving Day 
we begin altering or abolishing the government, make believe or not. And that's what we need to do. This isn't a government, by the way. It's a criminal gang. Yep, a crime syndicate. They're murderers and thieves by the deeds you shall know them. Yes. And again, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to change this. And um, I, I really believe that with the election coming up in the United States in 2024, there's nobody there that, that's going to really change it. It looks like this. I, if I were to bet now, I would say that the next president, minus a wild card, is going to be DeSantis from Florida. Well, and I don't I like what he says about, you know, what's going on with and how they're giving freedom to the people. But his stand with Israel and, and uh, it, other issues, I'm totally against. Um, and again, I'm not an anti-Semite. Right. I condemn anybody's government. I don't care who they are. We're talking about Draghi, that piece of clown crap over there in uh, in Italy that former bankster that's in charge over there. So I'm not an anti-Italian. <laughs> You're the most pro-Italian human being on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> I call it like I see it, you know, right. as <laughs> love being an Italian. <laughs> yeah. Again, my heart, my, my blood is Italian, but my heart is American. Gerald, even in bad times, even with a make-believe government, even with liberty being crushed, I say to you, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Judge. See you next week. All the best. Thank you.